everyone to another episode of BBP News. It's Nicholas Rod here, and I'm alone for this episode, this Friday morning episode. Chris could not join us this morning, so you just are stuck with me. But hopefully that's okay, because we do have a good show for you guys today. We have a bunch of news to cover. But before we get into an intro or any of that news, let's go into the weather. So we start out in Los Angeles, California, where today is going to be sunny with a high of 89 degrees and a sunny weekend. In Houston, Texas, expect some storms today with a high of 92 and then expect it to clear up with some partly cloudy skies throughout the weekend. In Chicago, Illinois, expect some clouds and some rain as we move in from today to tomorrow with a high of 76 today and then expect it to get cloudy for the rest of the weekend. And then in New York City, expect partly cloudy skies with a high of 76 degrees and a partly cloudy weekend. Well, I can't say there is too much uh, as far as an intro is concerned. Uh, not a lot has happened this week. Not a lot has happened since Monday or Wednesday. Um, you know, it's been a relatively quiet week. The one thing I will say, the one thing that really has happened this week is that, um, I finished an orientation, uh, type course thing. I <laughs> a little orientation for my college. Um, it was just a little online orientation. There were five different modules that we had to do, uh, just to kind of get oriented with some of the, some of the things that are offered at the, at the college and to get oriented where, with where things are. But it's kind of funny because in a lot of ways it was meant for people who are staying on campus and I couldn't help but laugh to myself a little bit just because I'm not staying on campus at all. I'm online uh, fully. I'm doing everything from home. But I mean, even so, I can't call it completely unhelpful. I couldn't call it completely useless because it, it did definitely help with certain things. But I'm just glad it's done. I, I It was one of those things that I just kind of dreaded doing because it, let's face it, it wasn't going to be interesting by any means, and it wasn't. But powered through it, finished it off, and uh, that was my highlight from this week, really. Not a lot has happened, um, like I said, and it's just crazy to think that we're already moving into September. Crazy to think that classes are starting up soon. Uh, as of the time of recording, I have less than a week before my classes start. I start on the 8th. Uh, so <laughs> I'm just, you know, I said it on Monday and it's just becoming more and more true as we get closer. I'm just trying to mentally prepare myself uh, for what's to come, because you hear all these things about college and what it's going to be like, but, you know, I feel like it's one of those things where people's comments and stories about it never truly live up to the experience, um, and so I'll just have to wait and find out for myself when the day comes, when the 8th comes and I start my classes, but I'm pretty excited. I, I won't lie, I'm definitely excited. A little nervous at the same time, no doubt about that, but I am excited. I, I can't wait to actually start this journey and start this uh, chapter of my life here. Just another step towards, you know, the real world.
which is kind of scary, but kind of amazing to, to think about and say out loud. But beyond that, I mean, there's not a lot to say. The weather's getting cooler. It's getting nicer. It's really comfortable at night now. We're getting down into the 50s here. Uh, so it's actually, I've actually been able to sleep, which is really nice because even last week, even last week, we had a few days where it was absolutely disgusting, uh, you know, hitting about 95, 98 with the humidity, um, and it was just gross. It was awful, <laughs> but oh well, you know, we're getting into some cooler weather. We're heading closer to fall, so chances are we'll continue to have some decently like cooled cooled off temperatures one can only hope because honestly i'm done with the humidity i really am but i don't want to babble about weather and all that for too long because well it's weather <laughs> but uh let's jump into the news on that note so first off we want to talk about hurricane ida uh on wednesday night it was a night of destruction because of storms, because of Hurricane Ida, which led to a lot of flooding in the morning. It was a morning of mass flooding, for sure. The storm had originally started, uh, had landed on the Louisiana coast, and then it made its way up through the country. And the portion that we're talking about here, it stretched from Wayne, New Jersey, to Westchester, New York. As of Thursday evening, 46 people have died from the storm, including one toddler. A video shows a subway system being rendered completely unusable from all the rushing water. Apartments were flooded as well as city buses, and water was up to ankle deep. The storm has been deemed by the federal government as a natural disaster, and you are entitled to receive funding if you were affected. President Biden has attributed the storm to climate change. We have some news about the origins of coronavirus or COVID-19. The U.S. intelligence community has released the unclassified report of the origins of the COVID-19 virus. And as you may very well know, or perhaps not if you haven't been paying attention to this whole situation, but there have been two main theories floating around for quite some time as to how COVID-19 originated. Uh, the first one was that it came from a lab in Wuhan, China, or that it came from a bat. The official answer, according to the two-page declassified report released by the Director of National Intelligence over the weekend, ruled that there is no consensus from the interagency. Some U.S. agencies say that they have low confidence that the COVID-19 infection was most likely developed through natural causes uh, by infected animals. While, on the other hand, others believe that they have moderate confidence that it came from the lab in Wuhan, China. Others in the community remain unable to agree on either explanation without additional information. The intelligence community has come to some conclusions, though. They say that the virus was not developed as a biological weapon and can definitively say that COVID-19 first emerged and infected humans on a small scale in November of 2019. 
They also say that the first known cluster of COVID-19 outbreaks were in Wuhan, China in December of 2019. This report is the result of a 90-day review that the president ordered back in May. There is a problem in all of this, though. The intelligence community says that they will be unable to provide a more definitive answer unless new information is provided from China. One of the key factors to this is that they need to know from China what they knew and when they knew it. The intelligence community says that the Chinese government continues to hinder the global investigation. Since the report was released, the Chinese government said that they are blaming the U.S. on bias and with the intelligence investigation, all the way to blaming the virus on the U.S. military. Kind of sticking with COVID, we move over to vaccines, and Moderna has joined Pfizer in asking the FDA to approve booster shots for those 18 and older. Moderna has conducted booster shot studies and has submitted all of the required paperwork to the FDA, and they are saying that giving people a booster creates robust antibody responses against the Delta variant. Pfizer has already submitted its paperwork to the FDA asking for a booster to be approved. The White House would like to see the approval completed by September 20th because that's when they want to start giving the booster shots. They want people to get the booster shots eight months after their final dose of either the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines. The September 20th date is subject to change depending on the FDA's time of approval for the boosters. The decision could come a few days before the target date. That's because the FDA Independent Advisory Panel has just scheduled a key meeting on September 17th to discuss whether or not to approve the booster vaccine for Pfizer. This meeting will be live to the public to watch, and based on the recommendations, the FDA could either approve or deny Pfizer's request for a booster. Moving away from COVID-19 and the vaccines and all that, we go into abortion. And that is because the Supreme Court has allowed one of the most restrictive abortion laws in the country to take effect by simply not doing anything. The Supreme Court did not intervene before the deadline, so the controversial law went into effect early Wednesday morning. A court could still request for an abortion provider to halt the law, but they had hoped that the Supreme Court would rule prior to it taking effect. Under this Texas law, abortion is prohibited after six weeks when a fetal heartbeat is detected. This typically comes long before a woman is even aware she is pregnant. There is no exception for rape or incest in this law, although there is an exception for medical emergencies. This law says that private citizens from anywhere in the country can bring civil lawsuits against anyone who assists a pregnant woman seeking an abortion in violation of the ban. The abortion provider who brought the emergency requests asked the justices to block the law while legal challenges played in other courts, arguing if the law actually went into effect, it would immediately reduce abortion access. One is the case out of Mississippi that would ban abortion after 15 weeks, and this is coming up in their next session. 
Legal scholars say both of these cases are direct challenges of Roe v. Wade. The 1973 landmark ruling legalizing abortions nationwide prior to viability, which can happen anywhere from 22 to 26 weeks of pregnancy. This Texas case is far from over, of course, and we will update you as things unfold. Moving over to border policy, the Supreme Court says that the Biden administration must reinstate a Trump-era policy at the border ASAP. President Trump's policy for asylum seekers must be reinstated. It was officially named the Migrant Protection Protocols, but you most likely know it as the Remain in Mexico policy. This program does not allow any asylum seekers to wait in the United States while the cases are being processed. Instead, they need to wait it out in Mexico. The Supreme Court ruling itself is just a few short sentences, which simply holds the lower court's decision. The decision said that the Biden administration didn't do enough to end the program, and the administration needs to reinstate it. When President Trump was still in office, thousands of migrants seeking asylum were turned away at the border under this policy. Shortly after President Biden became president, he suspended the policy and Homeland Security officially ended it in June. In the lower court ruling that the Supreme Court upheld, the judge said that the administration must make a good faith effort to reinstate the program. But it's not really clear how many people will be affected by this court ruling and how quickly it will happen since the land borders are currently closed. Now, the Supreme Court says nowhere in its ruling that they can't try to reverse the policy and the Biden administration plans to do just that. And with that, we have covered all of the main news, so let's move into some rapid news. First, there have been updates to the child tax credit, and you can check out Chris's article over on Medium for all of that information that will be up today. And Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell said that there will be no impeachment efforts for the president as some GOP lawmakers believe that his actions in Afghanistan are impeachable. But now we get into good news. And it's kind of sad that Chris isn't with us this morning uh, as I actually have two. And one's a bit of an update. Okay. So one of these... And I'll tell this one first. It's from a previous episode and a previous good news story that we had on here. Uh, if you remember it, it was about a two-year-old boy and a 99-year-old woman becoming best friends. Uh, throughout the pandemic, uh, two-year-old Benjamin really didn't have any other kids to talk to as everyone, everyone was staying uh, physically distanced and all of that. So he really didn't have any other kids to talk to. The only people he was talking to and spending time with uh, was his family. So he kind of got separated from the world, you know. But 99-year-old Mary lived across the way, and they ended up becoming really good friends. They first started spending time outside together. They uh, came up with their own games together. Uh, she gave him a box of old toy trucks that had originally been her son's. So they became just as close as family, right? They, be they absolutely became best friends. Um, they became family. And 
now they're celebrating Mary's 100th birthday. Now, this birthday hasn't quite come to pass. That will be in December. However, they're having a party now while the weather's still nice. And they're getting uh, Mary's family together and all of that. And Benjamin will be there and his family will be there. And uh, just a nice little update to that story. Mary has now reached 100 years old or is close to reaching 100 years old. And they're celebrating that. Think about that. 98 year difference and they are best friends they're as close as family and uh <laughs> that's just that puts a smile on my face like just thinking about a 100 year old woman you know 100 year old person really and a two-year-old person just becoming best friends becoming family like that uh through the circumstances that they did it's so heartwarming, you know, um, because when your child's that young and, you know, I'm not a father by any means, but you hear things, of course, from parents and other people. But when your child's young, you want them to socialize. You want them to make friends, even from that young of an age. And Benjamin really didn't get the opportunity to do that. Um... You know, he didn't get the opportunity to make friends with other children. He didn't get the chance to have that socialization. He was isolated. He was cut off. And so for him to make a friend like that, you know, again, a 98-year <laughs> age difference, it's incredible. It's so heartwarming to see how people can connect in so many different ways. And I just love that. But that's my update on that story. But I wanted to tell a fresh one also. I didn't just want to leave it at an update to one. So for my other story, it's a nice little quick short one. Uh, there is a man who originally lived in Uganda. And who eventually moved to the UK, went to school, came here, and was working with uh, with children. Um, worked for an, an organization that tried to save children who were struggling. Um, he ended up, ended up becoming a foster parent. And through the pandemic, while so many other homes were closing and the foster care system was getting overloaded... He opened his doors and he let several children into his care. Um, you know, back in throughout the years of 2017 to 2019, he worked tirelessly to actually adopt a foster child. And now he has taken in three more since the start of the pandemic. So right now he has four foster children, one adopted, uh, so one adopted child, three other foster children under his care, and also two dogs. So you got a nice little family there. And it's just incredible um, to see something like this. Because again, during the pandemic, when everyone was so worried and so freaked out, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what was happening, really. Uh, we didn't fully understand just how dangerous it was. So a lot of people were closing their doors. They were, um, you know, a lot of things like that were being closed off because people uh, were isolating. People were uh, quarantining. 
and people were distancing. And for him to say, no, I don't want to do that. I want to continue helping. I want to continue doing what I love to do in helping children. For him to open his doors and to actually let not one, not two, but three other foster children into his care um, is just so, it's beautiful. It really is. There aren't really satisfactory words in my mind to express something like that because foster children, um, you know, children in the system, they've been through a lot in their lives already. And in a situation like the pandemic, when everything was closing up, for them to, you know, now be faced with a situation where it would be harder for them to find a home, that's the only word for that that I can come up with that I can imagine is just terrifying and heart crushing. So for someone like this man to open his doors, to take in these children, three children, not one, and again, not one, not two, but three foster children um, during this whole you know, during this whole pandemic, it's just, you love to see it, and you can only hope that there were more like him, um, you know, throughout the country, and, and I'm sure there are more, um, more people that did this, and it's just wonderful to, that these people are helping these children like this, um, even under the dire circumstances that we were facing, and, and still in a way face today. But that is the end of this morning's episode of BBP News, and we won't be gone for long as tomorrow is our September edition of Good News, so look out for that. Uh, that is just a bunch of good news stories to just put a smile on your face for this weekend. Get ready for the month. You know, we're a couple days into September now, but get ready for the month. Enjoy some good news, and we'll have a good time. That will be out tomorrow morning as i said and then we'll be back again on monday for a roundup of the weekend's news and then of course wednesday with our dumb law next friday with a roundup of the week's news but in the meantime between episodes if you want the latest and breaking news and updates head over to twitter and follow us at bbp news link in the show notes and make sure to check out our personal accounts as well where you will get all kinds of uh, fun little discussions, fun little tweets and posts and all of that. See what we're up to. Also links in the show notes. And check out our Medium articles, not just Chris's on the child tax credit, but all of our articles over on Medium. We talk about things that we don't talk about here on the podcast, so it's all new, it's all fresh. So make sure to check that out. But that is it for me this morning, you guys. Uh, have a lovely weekend again. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning and uh, have a great start to your weekend. Have a safe start to your weekend and we will be back here tomorrow morning. See ya.